Father, we thank you now for this moment, not just of setting an atmosphere, but this moment of awareness. Awareness of who you are, that you are our shield, that you are our rock. You are our hope. You are our anchor. So we settle ourselves in you right now. But we're choosing to settle down in you rather in fear, rather in anxiety, whether in past disappointments, whether in what went on this week, what didn't go our way this week. We come into the awareness that you are a rock. You are our shield. You are our hope. And we worship you because of that. Not because of blessings, but we worship you because of the consistency of your character. Oh, you change us not. <laughs> we worship you in the awareness of who you are. tomorrow. You are our bridge over troubled water. We, we worship you because of the awareness of who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your word as your word go forth today, God, with power, with authority. That a connection will be made from the pulpit to the couch. Your presence is here at 400 East Main Street. Your presence is right where they are in Texas, right where they are in Missouri, right where they are in Northern Illinois, Southern Illinois, Iowa, Georgia. We thank you now. Devil, you are already defeated. Yes, you are in the name of Jesus. And we remind you that you are a liar and we will believe the report. Yes. Of our God. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Here is our rock. He is our strength. <laughs> strength like no other. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 32. Mark chapter 5. Verses 25 through 32. Thank God for our worship ministry. Thank God for our media team. That's been rolling with me almost 11 months now to bring you the Hope Well experience. And I thank God and I honor these men and women of God for their sacrifice and their service. Mark 5, 25 through 32. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. And Mark records the story as such. He says, as a woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She has suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she has spent everything she had to pay him. But the sad news is that after she paid the deductible, <laughs> she got no better. In fact, she even got worse. But she heard about a man named Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch 
his robe, or as Sam Cooke would say, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out for him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Some versions say, who touched me? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him that what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole, has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I want you to tag about three people and let them know you can't have my hope. You can't have my hope. You can't have my hope. If you got to text somebody, share this with three people with the caption, you can't have my hope. In fact, high five somebody in your house. If your child is asleep, put the hand up, high five the hand that the hand fall back and then go back to sleep and tell them you cannot have my hope. You can't have my hope. God often uses my daughters, Carrie and Kenny, to be able to preach to me and to show me certain things that I need to experience. When we are back um, in in person worship, when we are back in the sanctuary, in person, mask and all, if need be, at 400 East Main Street. By the way, if you have not filled out that um, survey yet, go ahead and do it after service today and fill it out so that we can get your feedback on what that looks like for us to come back um, to in person worship. Uh, but when we get back to the sanctuary, I'm telling you all, you're going to be surprised at um, all of our kids and how they have grown over this time but you're definitely going to be surprised at how much Kennedy um, has grown my goodness last time you saw her she just had a binky in her mouth God has delivered her amen from the spirit of the pacifier amen it has been returned it has been returned to the gates of Hades amen and it's not coming back amen upon this rock he's gonna build this church and we come against every binky that would try to come up against it amen she has been delivered from the pacifier and since that time this girl has developed her own little personality she is talking she knows what she wants she knows when she wants it she knows when to tell you to leave her alone when she gets tired of dealing with me and sister swims and carries she would grab her phone she'll grab her tablet go into her room close the door put a little stool by her bed and step into her bed and just lie there for as long as she wants to and if Carrie goes in there and bothers her she'll say leave me alone Carrie and 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 ask Carrie to go ahead and get on out the room. Even though they share the same room, she will give her the exit and tell her that she needs to leave. About a week or so ago, they were arguing over a toy that they had. Carrie actually, I believe, had the toy first, but Carrie Kenny went and got the toy, and she held on to it, and she grabbed it. It was a little baby doll, and she just wrapped her arms around it, and she ran, and she's just screaming, no, 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 it's mine. And, and she held on to it as tight as she could. I knew I knew the originality of the story. I knew that Carrie started off with it first, and I was trying to negotiate with Kenny and say, baby, just give it up. There are more dolls that you have. You have a closet with a garbage bag full of stuffed animals that you all need to play with before daddy dumps it real quick, that you all need to go ahead and put into the routine, the rotation of the toys that you're playing with. But she would not let it go. I'm trying to go. I'm going back and forth with it. I didn't realize how strong this two-year-old girl 
is. I'm struggling with her, trying to get this baby doll from her, and she's holding on to it. The more I pull, the more she pulls. We're almost in a tug of war over a baby doll. I have to remind myself, Swams, you're 36 and you're the daddy, and this is a two-year-old girl. Use all of your might to be able to get this doll from this girl. But in the midst of it, in the midst of it, God has to help me to bag up and it's either preacher point of this to realize that she was so determined, she was so determined that she was not going to let nobody, even daddy, take away from her what she knew was hers. Can I tell you something right now, saints of God? Despite what you may have faced, despite what you may have seen, despite what has spilled over from 2020 into 2021, you gotta have a little bit of boldness like Kenny and realize that no matter what has happened to me, no matter what has gone on around me, you cannot have my hope. Despite how disappointment has been ringing your doorbell and coming at you all the time and how anxiety and worry and fear is rising up from the west and all around you, you got to have a little kidney attitude within you and say, if I have to pull, if I have to struggle, if I have to fight, you are not going to have my hope. I went through too much to be able to have the hope that I have right now. I've experienced too much. I've had to sacrifice too much to be able to have the hope that I have. And I'm not going to allow anybody or anything to take away the hope that I have right now. In our story today, I love the story about this woman that has the issue of blood. We, we look at the story. We've learned about this story in Sunday school one-on-one, but I hope and pray that we can be able to make the connection with this woman today, the struggles that she had to experience to be able to see the resurrection of our hope come back. I hope that you and I can be able to connect with this name, this woman. Isn't that something that this woman has such a powerful story that even when we get to heaven, we won't even know where to find it because she has no name for us to be able to call her on but even in this uh, even with the, in the life of this unnamed woman God uses her bold testimony God uses her bold determination to let us know that just like this woman we can't allow anything to come in the way of stealing our hope Pastor, what is hope? I'm so glad you asked the question. If you've been following us over the past two weeks, you know that we're in a series right now entitled Hope's Not Canceled. And hope is simply this confident expectation. Confident expectation. Confident expectation. In who? In who, Pastor Swims? In God. In his son, Jesus Christ. That we know that when we place our hope, when we place our anchor, when we settle down in him, we can have the confidence in knowing that he is going to do just what he said that he would do. That we can lay anchor in him. We can settle down. We can rest in him. He can be our hope. He can be our shield. He can be our confidence in knowing that he is going to do everything that he said that he would do. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta encourage us right there that it's gonna be impossible. It will be darn near impossible for us to be able to have confident expectation in anyone or anything if there is a lack of relationship. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be that we don't trust the master like we need to? Could it be that our faith is weary in the master? Could it be that our hope is drowned but when it comes to believing in God? It's because not because we don't, not because He doesn't have the power to be able to do what we're expecting. Him to do but could it be it's because of a lack of relationship 
that we have oh, with him. Come on, saints of God. We're in yeah. 2021. If 2020 didn't teach you anything else, you need to have a tight walk with God. If 2020 did not teach you anything else, through all of the financial crisis that we have been through, through all of the racial tension that we have been through, through all of the political issues that we have been through, if it did not teach you anything else, your walk with God needs to be tight. I'm glad to see President Biden in office. I'm glad that we now have the first female woman of color vice president. But here it is, saints of God. I'm going to do my religious duty and do my biblical duty in praying for them and obeying the rules and guidelines that they put in place as long as it does not interfere with what God has placed in his word. But my hope is not in Pennsylvania Avenue. My hope is not in the Congress. My hope is not in our government. My hope is not in my city mayor. But my hope is in the one that has never failed me yet in 36 years of living. My hope is in the one that when doctors told my mom to abort me because I wasn't eating, but she kept on believing God and believed that God was going to feed her baby matter from heaven. I, my hope is in the man that has stuck by me every day of my life. Though my hope is in the man that has kept Hopewell doors open for 118 years. My hope and my confidence is in the one who spoke the world into existence. Oh, and because of that, my relationship with him has to be tight. Because of that, my walk with him has to be tight. I got to talk to him. I got to get in his word. I got to spend time with him in fasting. I have to spend time with him in worship to make sure that my walk with him is tight. Oh, because if my walk with him is not tight, um, then my then my hope is going to be crooked. If my hope in him, if my relationship with him is not tight, then my confidence is going to be low grade. If my if my relationship with him, with him is not tight, then my expectation is going to be non-existing. Because you won't trust or rely on anything or anyone that you don't have a relationship with. This woman. This nameless woman mm-hmm. who has been dealing with the bleeding issue for 12 long years has reached rock bottom. Please, 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 please journey with me in this story. 12 long years hoping But the current year was going to be her year. She went to revivals probably. She had preachers lay hands on her and pray for her. She had probably even had some prophesy over her that she was going to be well. She went to every revival. She went to every conference. The Bible says she's gone to every doctor. She even went to the Mayo Clinic. And nobody could be able to help her with her issues. She's tapped out of money. She's used all of her insurance. And still, in fact, the Bible says that reading reading her records, that not only has she spent everything that she had, she did not get any better, even from the prescription that they gave her. She only got worse. Oh, can you imagine? Because you 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 just can't read this verse and not do your history and bring in the Old Testament with the Levitical law and understanding that because this woman has been bleeding mm-hmm. consistently 
for 12 long years. She has been disconnected from people for 12 long years. You thought that quarantining for 10 days was bad. Think about 12 years. Not having to be around anybody. We don't know if she was married. We don't know if she had a boo. We don't know if she had a fiance. We don't know if she had children. We don't know if she had a mother or father. We don't know if she had siblings or a BFF. But if she did, she had to disconnect herself from everybody that she knew for 12 long years because the bleeding never stopped. Why, Pastor? Because according to the Levitical law, that if you were bleeding, you were to isolate yourself from people until you were considered ceremonial clean by the priest. Once they declared it, then you was welcome to be able to come back into the fold. You were welcome to come back home. You was welcome to come back into the temple to be able to worship. But because she never stopped bleeding, she had to disassociate herself from people. It's bad when you're hopeless, but it's even worse when you have to be hopeless by yourself. Right, right. Nobody, there's no FaceTime. <laughs> there's no duo. There is no, there is no, there is no, there is no text messaging. There is no Facebook Live. There is no Clubhouse. There is no room. There is no break room. There's no Twitter. There's nothing like that at all. No one could come in contact with her because if they did, they will be considered unclean as well mm-hmm. and they too would have to separate themselves from everybody else hopelessness get this flow with me this morning hopelessness sometimes leads to bankruptcy pastor right. what do you mean huh? what do you mean by bankruptcy here it is here it is this woman she is physically bankrupt I just told you that she is disconnected she is isolated she is quarantined she is separated from everybody and everything she cannot deal with anybody she cannot associate with anybody no one wants to associate with her because they will be deemed unclean no one wants to label upon them no one wants to go on snapchat and realize hey you been unclean you've been deemed unclean because of who you have been hanging around she's having to suffer everything that she's going through by herself oh the priest can't even come and pray with her the church mothers can't even come and pray with her doctors don't even know what to do she's having to deal with separation anxiety she's emotionally and mentally bankrupt. How so, Pastor? She's untouchable. She's unlovable. Do you realize, do you realize, do you realize, do you realize the mental and emotional impact that is on your mind and within your feelings when no one can touch it. Do you realize the power of touch? I told you all that when it's safe, I get my vaccine next month, praise the Lord. I'm excited about it because I'm ready to get back to hugging folks. And when we're safe to be able to do so, then I'm going on the world tour of hugging. You hear what I'm saying? If I see you in Walmart, I'm going to push that cart to the side and I'm running to you with open arms. Don't let me fall. Now, don't let me fall. Don't let me fall. I'm coming to you ready to hug. If I see you at Harold's when I get my six piece fried hard make it saucy real good I'm going to hug you I can't wait until we're able to get back to that we don't realize the power 
of the human touch. We don't realize what people have encountered over these past 10, almost 11 months that they've had to endure on their own. People have lost loved ones and had to grieve by themselves. There was no stopping by the house to come and sit with you for a little bit. There was no stopping by the house to see if I can bring you some food. There was no stopping by the house just to just sit there. And as you cried, I cried with you. When you rolled, I rolled with you. There was none of that. She's unlovable and she's untouchable. She's physically bankrupt. She's emotionally and mentally bankrupt. This is enough to cause someone to be depressed. I'm close to being suicidal. Physically bankrupt, emotionally and mentally bankrupt, but she's spiritually bankrupt as well. Past the house, so she can't go to church. People are at the church, congregants are at the church. The priests and the Levites are at the church because people are in the temple. She can't even go to the house of worship. She can't even go down to the altar so that the prayer team can pray with her. Because they would be deemed unclean. And then she's financially bankrupt. She spent everything that she had in hopes that her condition was going to get better. I don't know about you, but I get a little frustrated when I go um, to the doctor and I have an issue or whatever and I pay my deductible. Oh, and don't let it have to be a specialist. I'm talking to grown folks right here that you have to see. Don't let it be a specialist that you got to go and see because now that deductible, depending on your insurance, has gone up just a notch. Just gone up just a notch. And when you get there and they tell you, hmm, we don't know what this is, we may have to refer you to another specialist, which means that now you have to pay Pay another deductible and you also have to pay for all of the tests that they have taken and then only to find out that you didn't even meet your deductible after everything that you have paid for frustrated Talk about it. because now I am financially bankrupt she took her savings she took her 401k she took the money she had stashed in the closet for a rainy day and spent everything that she had not to get any better but now she's gotten worse I'm broke I'm still sick I'm worse off now than I was before I've had to deal with this all by myself. I can't call nobody. Phones haven't been invented yet. I can't FaceTime nobody because technology hasn't even been created and it's not even advanced yet. I have to deal with this all by myself. But something happens. Look at verse 27. Mark's gospel said, she heard about Jesus. <laughs> now, he could have just stopped right there. And I told you all, we got to get back to shouting off the word because that right there will preach all by itself. The Mark said, she heard about 
Jesus. Well, what did she hear, Pastor? She heard about this carpenter. She heard about this man that has gone around on a tour, and he's been healing people of all matters and diseases. He's been healing the lame. He's been healing the deaf. I mean, he even walked by a, walked by a funeral procession as they were on the way to the Oakland Cemetery and held up the processional and touched the coffin, and the baby got up waiting for something to eat. She heard about Jesus, and because she heard about Jesus, something sparked on the inside of her, something came alive on the inside of her, they gave her the determination to be able to push forward and not to allow her issue to have her hope. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but you got to stop allowing your disappointments to steal you. You have to stop allowing, here it is, you have to stop allowing your disappointments to rape you. You have to stop allowing the overwhelming anxiety and the fear of the unknown to rob you of your security and your hope in Jesus. She said, all I know is I heard about Jesus. I ain't never met the man yet, but something that I heard about him helped me to believe that he could be able to do something for me because I've heard what he's done for others. Oh, she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. This lets us know too, y'all. We got to get back. We got to get back. I know we've been advanced. I know we are advancing. Praise God for advancing. Thank God for how the church is changing in this new day and time. But we got to get We got to get back to telling our testimony. Praise the Lord. Not just when God has blessed us. Not just when the miracle came through. But we got to talk about and testify how we were broke, busted, and disgusted. We have to testify about how we were hopeless one day. But we heard about a man named Jesus and when we had that encounter with a man named Jesus our life was never the same don't you realize that somebody's miracle and deliverance is held up in your mouth that when you open up your mouth and you testify and you tell somebody let me tell you what the man has done for me almost like the woman at the well she was so impressed with Jesus she said that the Bible says that she went and she told everybody come see a man that told me everything about myself every now and then you gotta call somebody and tell them honey let me tell you what the master has done let me tell you what the man has done for me let me tell you how he healed me how he trained me how he saved me how he delivered my life she heard oh because in you in you sharing your story in you telling somebody you 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 are setting the stage for the resurrection of their hope to come back you're setting the stage for the resurrection of their confident expectation in Jesus to come back because get this here it is here's a nice prescription hopelessness plus desperate plus desperate determination equals miracles. All right. <laughs> Let me say it again for my math lovers. Hopelessness plus desperate determination equals miracles. Pastor, why did you have to put desperate on determination? Because when you're desperate, you're going to do anything. <laughs> when you're desperate and you're thirsty, you're going to try whatever to be able to get a solution to whatever it is that's going on in your life. But I had to put determination along with it as well because she was desperate, but she was determined to go after who she knew that could be able to solve her problem. Here it is, saints of God. We got to stop being so thirsty and so desperate for these temporary 
temporary satisfactions and these temporary solutions that's going to lead us right back to where we are, being broke financially, being broke spiritually, being broke emotionally, physically, and mentally. But we have to aim. We have to aim and center our desperate determination on Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm coming after you on high pursuit. I'm coming after you with everything that's in me because I heard about you and I, somebody told me along the way that you, that you make no difference between others, that what you did for them, you could do the same thing for me. Look at the Bible, y'all. Look at the Bible. Look at the Bible. Look at the Bible. Now, I love it. <laughs> God, y'all got to read the Bible. I love this story because when you read all the chapter 5, Jesus is on his way to heal a 12-year-old girl that has died. Her father calls out to Jesus. Her father reaches out to Jesus and said, all you have to do is speak a word, but I would really appreciate it if you would come to my house and heal my daughter. Uh -huh. Pastor, what are you saying? Jesus ain't even on mission for her. He's on mission for somebody else, uh -huh. but she was on mission for Jesus. Y'all missed what I just said. Jesus was not, Jesus didn't have her in mind at the moment, but she had Jesus on her mind, and she was in desperate determination to be able to get to him. Look at the same, look at the scriptures, y'all. Look at it, look at it, look at it. Look at verse 24. Jesus leaves to go with Jairus to go to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. But look at verse 25. A woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She has suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she got even worse. Verse 27, she heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd, and she touched his world. Bible says that there were a throng of people that were around Jesus. She said, I got to be strategic in what I'm doing. She realized I can't touch him because if I touch him, then he's going to be considered unclean. She says, all I need to do is touch something that's connected to him and then I can be made whole. She says, I ain't got to touch his collar. I ain't got to touch the, 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 the sleeve of his shirt. I'm going to crawl on the ground. Do y'all see how desperate she is? She is willing to crawl on the ground. I can believe with my sanctified imagination that as she's crawling on the ground, dust is going up in her face. It calls her to get blind sometimes. She's having to deal with people's feet, people stepping on her, people stepping over her, people tripping over her, but there was nothing that stood in the way of her getting to Jesus because she had heard about a man that has done so much and she was determined in her mind that nothing was going to get in the way of her getting her miracle. And here it is, thanks to God, you are not going to have this same determination in 2021 and not just in this year, but we got to have this same determination for the rest of our lives that we're not going to allow nothing to get in our way of getting to Jesus, that we're not going to allow nothing to get in the way of us getting our miracle, that we're not going to allow nothing to get in the way of us getting our hope back. We've had a hopeless years before, but this year it's going to be a shifting where I'm getting my hope back. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to expect God again. I'm going to have confidence in God to do what I know 
he's able to do. If I got to crawl, I'm going to crawl. If I got to climb, I'm going to climb. I just need to get to Jesus because if I get to Jesus, all of my worries will be over. Oh, she was hopeless. Oh, but she had desperate determination. She was hopeless, but there was something within her lachesia that said, I got to do it. I don't feel like doing it, but I got to do it. I know I'm hopeless right now, and I'm still bleeding right now, but I got to do it. I got to press my way. I got to get to where he is. And with that self, with that determination and hopelessness, she touched his robe. But she thought to herself, if I could touch his robe, I'd be good. I'd be healed. And the Bible says, when she touched his robe, when she touched the hem of his garment, instantly she felt a miracle take place in her body. Instantaneously, she felt the blood dry up. Can you imagine? Good God for glory. Can you imagine what happened in her? Can you imagine the shift mentally? Can you imagine the shift emotionally? Can you imagine the shift in knowing I have spent all of this money trying to get doctors to be able to heal me? But what really happened was this was a divine setup for me in my desperation to be able to get to Jesus, the real doctor that has never lost a patient that could be able to heal me once and for all with no deductible. Hallelujah. That's all right. Come on. She got to him. And instantly, Bible says, she was healed. Yes. Jesus walking, going to Jairus' house. He's walking, minding his own business. Going to Jairus' house. He stops. He said, wait a minute. Bible says he felt power. He felt virtue come out of him. He looked around. He said, who touched me? The disciple said, Jesus, you tripping, man. You tired. You need to get some rest, bro. You need to go ahead. Go ahead and go over to the wayside. Go find you a mountain. Go convene with God real quick because you're really tripping. And because you're asking a question that's darn near impossible. Why would you ask who touched me? And you see the throngs of people that are around you. And you have the audacity to ask who touched you. He said, no, no, no. He said, I know the difference between a bump and a touch. He says, this woman did not bump into me. This was not something that was done haphazardly. This was not, this was not, not something... That was happening by accident. This was a pool of expectation. This was a pool of faith. This was a touch of desperation. And I knew it because I felt something that came out of me. Here it is. And Jesus says, Who touched me? The Bible says she's so humble. She's so humble. She's so humble. She, she, she's frightened. She's trembling because she realized if I come in contact with the man and all of these people, yes. they'll be considered unclean. But she said, I'm already here. I'm going to go for broke. I, I'm going to go for it anyway. And so she goes, she goes, she goes for it. She goes for it. She goes for it. And she says, she, the Bible says, she comes before him. She falls down on her knees in front of him. And she tells him what she had done. She's healed, but now it's a sense of intimidation. It's a sense of, of embarrassment. I, I don't want nobody to know because I really wasn't supposed to touch him. I really wasn't supposed to be around him. But she stands up, Jesus calls out, and she stands up, and she confesses 
what she has done. Look at what happened, y'all. Y'all missed the shout. She went from private expectation to public demonstration. Y'all just missed it. Y'all just missed it. Y'all just missed it. I wish we had a church full right now. She went from private expectation to public demonstration. Can I she went from private expectation, what she what she believed God to do privately, what she believed the Lord to do on her own in her press closet while she was by herself with tears coming down her eyes. Can you imagine how long she's been praying for God to heal her body for 12 long years? Everybody knew what was going on. She was embarrassed by her condition, couldn't have a boo, couldn't have a husband, could be couldn't be around anybody at all. But she went to God privately, and when she went to God privately, about a thing. God showed himself publicly by demonstrating to her, her his healing power in her life. Can I make an announcement to you? It is time for us to go from private expectation to public demonstration. It is time for us to be able to see and to, and to see the full manifestations of what we have been praying and believing God for. Not for bragging rights so that we can be able to put somebody else down but so that we can be able to put God on display and say Look what the Lord has done. Somebody needs to see their prayers be answered. Someone needs to see that what you have been tearing and believing in God for for years, you need to see the full manifestation of it happen. Thank you, God. And he tells the daughter, Your faith has made you well. At that moment, at that hour. That what she had believed God for, he did it. And he did it instantaneously. He did it. And he did it instantaneously. I don't know who I'm talking to. But you can't you can't give up your hope to your overwhelming condition. You can't give your hope up to your disappointments. I know, I know it's been hard, I know it's been rough, but I need you to have hope. I need you to believe again. I need your confidence in the man to rise again. You've been hearing so much bad news. You need to hear some God news. Yeah, I, I, I said what I said. You need to hear some God news. You need to hear what God is able to do. To free you from the disappointment, to free you from the jail of disappointment and anxiety. I need you to hold on to your hope. Like Kenny held on to that baby doll. That I'm not letting go because it's mine. I'm not letting go because I'm not letting go because it's mine. Yeah. Talking to every married couple, talking to every parent, every college student, hold on to your hope. Hold 
on to your hope. Well, Pastor, how do I make this make sense? How do I how do I apply this to my life? Your hope is not going to be your hope will not sustain without a fight. You're going to have to you're going to have to fight to keep your hope. You're going to have to fight for your hope. You've drowned in despair long enough. You've drowned. We've drowned in disappointment long enough. But my hope is coming back. <laughs> Ooh, there's going to be a reunion with hope that's coming back. But it's not going to come without a fight. You're going to have to push through some crowds. You, you may have to crawl. You may have to climb. But never let go of your hope. Never let go of your hope and, and, and with the expectation. I guess this is just what it's going to be. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I got hope. I got a hope for a better tomorrow. I got a hope for a better month. I got a hope for a better today. I got a hope for a better right now. Whatever it is that has been overwhelming you, say that thing out loud and then end it with, you can't have my hope. Whatever the condition is, say it out loud right where you are and end it with, you can't have my hope. Make the declaration, it's not going to rob me of my hope. Not another day, not another minute, another second, another hour. But I'm a fight. Y'all know my favorite movie is The Color Purple when they're at the, day, when they're at the table. Miss Celia asked, Miss, any more letters come? He said, maybe not. <laughs> maybe so. Finally, Miss Celia has enough confidence to be able to get up and say, I'm leaving with Suge. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Suge. And when she makes that step, something shifts within Miss Sophia. She shares her testimony of how she almost laid in that jail and almost rot to death. But when she saw Miss Seeley in the store, her hope was resurrected because she said, when I seen her in the store, I knew there was a God. When you open up your mouth and share your story, your story will be like a blaze that will ignite a fire within someone else to believe again to have hope again. Your story will resurrect somebody else's hope. To know that God is able. He has all power in his hands.
but are you willing to fight for your hope? To keep your hope, to sustain your hope. You may have to crawl, you may have to climb, but make up in your mind, it's not going to have my hope. If you're watching right now, I want you to get as close to your screen as you can. If it's your phone in your hand, I want you to put your hand on your phone, put your hand on your TV, on your tablet, on your laptop, whatever it is you're watching. As a point of contact, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. For the strength. I know you're tired. I know you want to give up, but you know what? You can't give up. Because around the corner from your disappointment is hope. I love it when Elijah, the prophet, the man of God, was running from Jezebel. He went underneath that tree and was ready to die. God said, no, you, you, got, a, you got a journey ahead. You need to sleep, you need to eat, and need some water. And he sent the angel to minister to him and to bring what needs to refresh him. Because there was a journey ahead. There's a journey ahead for you. There's a journey ahead for us, and we can't stop right here. Put your hand on your screen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for the strength to continue. I pray for the hope to believe for a better tomorrow, a better right now, a better month, a better year. God, I pray for the confident expectation, God, to sit and to anchor and to settle the hope in you, not stuff, not other people. But to put that hope in you. in you I pray for a refreshing in the relationship I pray for a refreshing in our walk with you that we'll see you in a way that we've never seen you before in Jesus name